have to be your biggest fan. And when things are really tough and they're really rough and nothing's working, but there's something inside of you that says, I just have to follow that. Because you don't know who you're gonna be, who you're gonna be, who you're gonna be. Kelly, welcome back. So happy to be speaking to you after our first episode of the uh, Everyday Adventurer series. So um, how's it going? Hi, Jay. Um, it's going good. Had a few ups and downs since I last spoke to you, so plenty to talk about. I guess that's what it's all about. <laughs> it is. Yeah, absolutely. So we obviously, we got the first episode out there. We also set up a, a WhatsApp group with the other uh, awesome women we have in this uh, first cohort. So I think that's been a bit of fun for you guys, staying connected. It has been. And I, because we're on a different time zone, I wake up in the morning to all these amazing messages. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, I've missed it during the night. But I'm like, oh, I should have been involved in that a bit more. But it's, yeah, it's nice getting to know the, the others as well. They're great people. Good, good. Well, so talk to me about it. What's, the, um, what's it been like since the episode got out there? What have you been working on? How's the training going? Um, well, it's been a bit of a journey, actually. So since I spoke to you last, I had a um, that first week I had a really good block of training. I was feeling really good. Um, I got a 60K ride in and then on a Wednesday and then on the Friday I tackled a local hill. I'd like to call it a hill. Um, that's always sort of been a bit of a nemesis for me. Um, back in the day I could do it twice and the fa- to even try and cycle up the river again was I didn't think I could ever do it. So it's a it's 3Ks and it's 300 metres um, elevation. So it's probably about 7%. So... I just decided one day, it's a bit like, I'll never be ready, so I'll just give it a crack. And I sort of tooted on up there. I said, you don't have to break any records, Kelly. Just have a go. And I literally had it in the highest gear I could and got myself up there. And I was absolutely stoked. I kept saying, oh, you can stop now. You've done enough. You can do the rest next time. But I knew in my head that if I gave myself that out now, I'd give myself out next time so I thought no you suck it up and just get up the top and then you know you can do it and you've got no excuses for next time so so that was awesome so I was yeah I was riding on that high for a few days um and then with me um because I probably pushed it a bit too hard I woke up uh, the week later um with severe pains in my um under my ribcage so it felt like uh I had you know when you when you've got really bad stitch you're trying to breathe in and you can't and that would have been fine but that was the exact pain I had before I got diagnosed with cancer um so I was like you're trying to you go through these things when you've got a recurrent cancer you're like what is that nigga what could this be so I was like no don't worry about it you feel you've been feeling okay but I'd been feeling okay before the last time too so then we had what I would call a biblical week in um, New Zealand. We had, I don't know if you guys had it too, we had the blood moon. Then we had a 100-year flood event. So the whole of Canterbury, where I live, was in a state of emergency with flooding. And then, um, so that was bad enough. And then on the Monday, we had a couple of earthquakes, which is fairly regular for Christchurch. But it was like, if this was a 1,000 years ago, <laughs> they would have been chucking maidens into the volcano because, you know, the gods were happy sort of thing. But... So I didn't, I, I was going to go into the hospital, into A&E, but, you know, they sort of say stay up the roads so the emergency services can get through. So I just sort of spent the whole weekend thinking this is it, um, it's back. And we sort of chatted offline saying, you know, I'm training hard for this, I really want to do it, and thinking that was, that was it, it's going to be over. And 
facing the demons, I guess. So, But I got myself into the doctor on the Monday and had some urgent tests and bits and pieces and they ruled it all out. And it, what we've sort of um, come to realise is that it was um, because of the hill work I'd done and the fact that I've essentially got no abs <laughs> yet. I worked on that as much as I could have. I've probably got a bit of intercostal damage, um, the old, which is extremely painful just from being hunched over on my bike. So it was just this whole mental roller coaster of coming out the other side. I'm in such be- much better mood this week. Like it's, in, you know, you, you do, and it's horrible because you do, you do have it. It's always just in the back of your mind and you can keep it at your back of your mind for most of the time, but then it just comes to the forefront every now and then. But it was just a nice reminder of, of the journey I've got ahead of me, but that it's, I'm in a good place at the moment and it's, I'm on top of it for now, but anyway. Yeah, that sounds like it was a really, a really tough time. And um, I, I will tell you that your, you know, your story in the last episode got a load of feedback. A lot of people contacted me and said, you know, Kelly's Kelly's story was, you know, really made made me emotional. So I think it really resonated with a lot of people. It, um, you're so honest about it. And the way that you told the story, uh, I think, really, really resonated with people. Um, so it's, it's nice to stay checked in with you. I'm, I'm first of all, relieved and delighted that there's you know that there's nothing there and that it that it was the intercostal and and then just kind of staying positive and thinking about that for a moment you know that's why we train right we train because we need to know how our body will react to certain stimulus and and when we're fatigued how do we react and so you know i think that whole process for you as as sounds like it was a really incredibly tough you know few days but in a way it's good, right? Because then when you're out on this big challenge later on and you're hitting those hills and you get the, okay, I've been here before, I know what that is. And also like managing that so that you don't get to that point where you, you know, your intercostals are cramping up that, okay, I've got to make sure that doesn't happen to me again. Exactly. And I've been telling myself all this time, Kelly, you need to do some ad work. And I'll be like, oh, I'll do that. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, that's why, that's why Kelly sort of. Yeah. <laughs> I was curious to know um, how you've been kind of approaching fueling because because one of the things I was thinking about when, when I was you know getting ready to chat to you today was you starting to increase the uh, you know the volume of training that you're doing because this thing that you're doing is massive right and so for you it's not necessarily intensity of work it's not like you need to get out there and do short sharp 30 40 minute bursts I think time in the saddle is going to be critical for you you just need to get used to being you know in that hunched over position on the bike, in the saddle, bit a bit learning to endure to a certain extent, like to suffer for a little bit. But I think fueling, uh, fueling strategy is going to be really key for you. Um, and that, so that story around your intercostals is kind of, is kind of interesting because that, that does connect quite well with this idea that hydration and fueling are going to be critical. So how are you starting to think about that? Well, the thing is I probably haven't thought about it at all. Like I've literally been out on the bike going, oh, it's a nice sunny day. I've got a bottle of water make sure I have something. I've always, you know, you'd have something within 45 minutes of getting home sort of thing. But I know that I'm not hydrating well enough. I know that I'm not fueling enough. And it's because I haven't been in this environment for so long, I'd sort of just forgotten the basics. You know, like I've got a music bar in my back pocket, but I should probably have a banana and something else and looking at my watch and making sure I'm doing it every 45 minutes. And I've just taken it for granted. And so whilst I'm I didn't enjoy it. I'm so glad it happened because it's just like, come on, Kelly, you are actually training something massive. Sort it out or else you're, you're just going to be injured the whole time or or uncomfortable at least. Um, having ibuprofens for breakfast. 
<laughs> yeah, and I think the the good thing is that you were you were close to home, right? It's a it's a local hill, you know. It's a w- with respect a relatively short distance, so you were able to kind of get in. You ground out. You had a great experience. So when you came back, you kind of suffered the consequences of just you know uh, resilient Kelly, just head down. I'm just going to grind this out, and, and and that can work in those short duration stuff. And I, by the way totally get that because that's exactly where my mindset is at that's how I was training before and it's fine but it, but when you start to try and bolt those together it all unravels pretty quickly so you've got to start thinking about like long-term stra- fueling strategy yeah. and um, one of the things I we've got you know you played netball I played rugby uh, they're similar kind of duration type, you know type events so the type of training you do for those sports is totally different so when you start training for big endurance events I think one of the things that a friend of mine who's a really a really good competitive endurance cyclist. He's training for race across Europe, Dominic O'Sullivan. I'll give him a little shout out. He said to me, water and food every 15 minutes. And I was like, really? Every, every 15 minutes? Like, I don't think I can eat that much. And he's like, yeah, that's the thing. Once you've done it for three hours straight, you're not going to want to eat every 15 minutes, but if you can, you're, you won't, you won't crash. So it's not a lot of food. It's just small amounts of food and hydration every 15 minutes. And then, because because then you don't get yourself in a depleted state. The problem is when you get yourself in a depleted state, it's so it's so hard to catch up when you're out on the bike riding. So maybe maybe that'll be that'll be helpful. Just try that, you know, little pouches of food and figuring out what works for you. Well, yeah, well, it's true because I did my first race on Sunday as well. So there was a little story behind that too because I'd hadn't obviously been feeling great. Um, I. We went to leave on Saturday morning. There was a he- another heavy rain warning for the area I was travelling up to. It was a five-hour drive, and I was like, oh, I'm not going. <laughs> I said, the race will be cancelled. <laughs> it's going to be cancelled. And then I remember that I said to you, even having this chat is all about accountability. And I've got yeah. friends on Facebook, and I was like, actually, I'll be so furious with myself if that race goes ahead. And here I am sitting here. So we went up, and sure, as, sure enough, the rain was horrendous. Beautiful part of the country. But, again, it was just those little things. Like I had food with me. But because of all the rain jackets and stuff that we weren't expecting, well, we were expecting, but it wasn't, things weren't accessible. And then I remembered that in previous races I'd done, I'd open the cliff bars, you know, the little nutrition bars, I'd open it before I started so that I could just, because you can't open it up while you're biking. Um, And it was that last 10Ks I was drained. And there was people around me stopping going, God, I need to get some energy. And I was like, I know exactly how you feel. And again, like, I, I had a hydration pack on my back, but I wouldn't have. I, I, we left at seven o'clock that morning, and I wouldn't have gone to the loo before four o'clock. Just I was that dehydrated, and it's just yeah. massive lessons learned. So as you yeah. say, I've had a good month in terms of just remembering. So it's been good. Yeah, and but, yeah, that's good. I, I think uh, this stuff is so valuable. I, I love it, and I, and I I just love these little chats, and I think. You know, as you start preparing and, and kind of get deeper into your prep, these little things, these little nuggets, these bits of wisdom that you develop over time, kind of learning by doing are so, so important. You know, I was chatting to somebody a few months ago and they would do it. They had done a, um, a fairly long multi-stage endurance race and they had a camelback on, you know, a, a water, like a water bladder. And they were trying to drink from the thing and they couldn't get it out. So they'd assume because it was early in the morning that it was frozen. So they just, you know, stuck it out. And thought, well, eventually it will defrost and eventually I'll be able to drink the water. And um, they got really dehydrated. And actually, the, it, all it was was it was an air bubble in. So if they'd have taken the time to stop, take it off, check it out, check the gear, realize then they could have hydrated as normal. 
And so it's those little, little lessons that just, they seem so inconsequential. And if you were doing a marathon, frankly, they probably would be, you'd probably be able to just get through it or a half marathon. But, but on, on something of the scale that you're doing, those tiny decisions can completely derail you later on. And I, and I was ch- I was chatting recently. Uh, there's an episode that I'm going to put out there as a bonus episode with a guy called Greg Potter. He's got a PhD in nutrition, and uh, he's amazing. And he was saying that you know a lot of times people crash out of these like big endurance type events not because they don't have the stamina or the the mental fortitude or the kind of physical endurance, but because they get fueling strategy wrong, fueling and hydration. And that's the thing, but because it's the 40 days, like I might get it, if I get it wrong one day, it might not hit me till two days later. Sort of not even just one event. So yeah, it's, it's really important. And I just had to put a bit more emphasis on it, as you say. I think that's the other thing. This one, one of the things that Greg said to me, which, um, you know, just to kind of pass on wisdom, uh, he said, when you're preparing for something this big and like 40 days is massive, Kelly. I know that, you know, there's, there's some, some time to kind of recover built in there, but 40 days on the go is just huge. And one of the things that he said to me, which is absolutely stuck in my mind is people practice, you know, their race strategy. They practice, you know, cycling in your, in your case, cycling for long periods of time. They do all of that stuff. They practice with gear. They never go, you know, they learn not to go running, you know, on a race for the first time with a new pair of trainers or like they, everything, you know, you practice with the gloves, you make sure the backpack that you're carrying is all good, but people don't practice like food. And he said at least a week maybe even 10 to 14 days before the big event, yeah. you should get your, you should be training your digestive system to be eating what you think you'll be eating during the 40 days. So I think that was really good wisdom. Like, so, you know, people don't think about doing that because they just think, Oh, I just carb load. I'll just eat loads of good pasta and stuff like that. Cause that will really help me. And to a certain extent it does. But his point was you're then going to day one, you're going to get on the bike and you're going to have whatever eight, 10 hours in the saddle. And you're not going to be able to eat all that stuff you're eating before. You're going to have to be eating stuff on the go and it'll be gels, bars, whatever you've figured out that works for you. And if you haven't been practicing that, your body's just going to go, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. And you just don't know what you do, do you? Things like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so that's a good one. So maybe next, next time you go out on a big, long ride, like really think about, okay, imagine this is day three of my 40-day event. Like what, what would I think I'll be eating? Uh, and try just, just eating that for the day. See how it goes. Well, I've got a big ride on Sunday. We're down in um, Central Otago in, in a very historic yeah. gold mining town called Clyde. And they've just started opening this new trail called the Lake Dunstan Trail. And it's it's been open since the 8th of May and it's pretty much become the most popular ride in New Zealand. Oh, really? Straight away because they've cantilevered platforms off rock faces through the gorge and things like that. So I think I'll be doing that with the hangover. So I don't know if the food strategy that day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right. But I've got a race next Sunday, which is a 60K. Um, so as you say, it's, and it's finding entry, just entering races just to practice, not to race them, but just to have yeah. on the saddle, as you say, and practice things yeah. like that. I think you're doing, I think you're doing amazing. And, um, you know, I love watching on social and you've been kind enough to share stuff on the WhatsApp group as well. It's seriously inspirational, Kelly. And, and like I said, I know people are listening who are really inspired by you. And I think your, your, um, you know, your zest and your passion for, for like living life is, is is amazing and um keep keep doing what you're doing remember i'm here to help in any way i can and um just excited to see some pictures of uh, of the these prep uh, living living vicariously through you because i absolutely love the idea of going to new zealand and i've always wanted to go so uh, 
maybe one day I'll come and visit. Oh, absolutely. I'll post lots of pictures so you can get jealous. Yeah, it. please do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, that would be great. I'm happy with that. Cool. But Kelly, thanks so much. And good luck with all the rides. Ping me a message if I can help in any way and talk to you again soon. Excellent. Thanks, Jay. You have to be your biggest fan. And when things are really tough and they're really rough and nothing's working... But there's something inside of you that says, I just have to follow that. Because you don't know who you're going to be, who you're going to be, who you're going to be.